Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your inside look at all things Perth Wildcats now, the NBL's form team after three big road wins in succession. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West, and joining me every week, the real star of the show, three-time NBL champ and Perth Wildcats vice-captain, Greg Hyer. Greg, always nice to have you in after a win. How you been? Oh... Yeah, three on the on the trot, on the road more especially. It's uh, it's nice been uh, been at home for a week. My it's nice to see my son recognise his uh, his dad um, <laughs> and spend a little bit of time. But yeah, obviously full of confidence at the moment. Um, huge weekend coming up, but uh, always chuffed to to feature on. I don't know about I'm the star. You you're definitely a star, but oh, no, I don't know about that. I mean, looking back at last week, very briefly, the real star of the show was Eric Watterson. Wasn't he? A lot of love for that podcast last week. A lot of nostalgia, uh, Facebook was going off, the Wildcats rap. There's still a lot of love for those old days, isn't there? No doubt. I think, uh, yeah, the Wildcats history is deeply entrenched in, in West Australian culture, really. And obviously the Wildcats rap was synonymous with that uh, that 90s sort of era. And, um, you know, there's a lot of love. I mean, obviously we talked about it, his role in the team. I think there's, and there's an appreciation for, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, a sand groper guy that just, you know, went about his business, worked hard, did his toils and, and uh, was a, obviously a pivotal role of the team obviously when you've got you know your James Crawford's your Tony Pinders your Scott Fisher Vlahov whatever it graces but yep. you know for, for a guy like that and um, you know to, to go back a little bit you know you always want to hear about the greats um, you know I think it's uh, it's always nice to hear from a legend yeah look forward to having a few more in on the podcast as we go along uh, you've come in fresh from training Greg mm. I've just seen Damien Martin post to Instagram <laughs> mentioning the fact that before training, Bryce Cotton has hit 105 out of 110 three-point attempts when you guys have shot around. Is that fact? Yes, it is. We have a thing we call daily vitamins every single day. Yep. So you have an individual for coach, just like uh, you have your vitamins in the morning. That's, um, a, that's a real Matt Nielsen, yep, San Antonio thing, Exactly, yep. and uh, he's imp- implemented that. But, yeah, so... You have your 20-minute slot. Unfortunately, Damo's slot got trimmed down to about four minutes because, yes, as as Damo had alluded us, he... Uh, Bryce was 105 from 110 and um, it was crazy I, I was on the sideline getting a little bit of treatment and I just heard like 86 and I was like 86 is he in there and yeah and then obviously went on and at that point if, if you know if the Wildcats we're uh, we like to give a lot of crap to each other yep. so everyone is yelling um, you have to mate we were just giving him the passes so, become mate, a little yeah, bit yeah like lower. I mean 40 and so I would have like I mean I'd be chuffed to hit 10 Maybe even five, and he mm-hmm. was on there, and he didn't even yeah flinch. He got up to a point. There was even one shot. He was so disgruntled, like he wasn't happy, and we're like, oh, it's missed, and <laughs> it still went in. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, obviously finished up 110 and So I said to him today, I said, if you miss two shots in training, you're pretty much the worst player around. <laughs> um. And I don't even think he missed his training, but no, nah, it's good signs heading into this weekend. But no, an, an absolutely incredible shooting display. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was the celebration like? Bryce is a pretty reserved guy normally, nothing. or nothing? no? He just, just as just soon automatic. as he got done, Dan was like, well, do I get to have an individual today or not? And and literally, Bryce just. Uh, sat down, uh, he got himself a piece of toast and get ready for training. There was, <laughs> there was no emotion from the little fella. Business as usual for Bryce Cotton. Um, 
a terrific win for you guys for sure. last weekend on the road in New Zealand, as called by you in the crystal ball segment oh, I'm on fire, last <laughs> week. You are on fire. Um, a 16-point win, a real defensive grind, and we've spoken about this before in terms of getting road wins. It's not always going to be pretty shooting the mm. ball, but if you can find a way to scrap defensively and also rebound, which you guys did really well, um, that's going to go a long way. What did what impressed you most about, particularly that fourth quarter performance where you were able to pull away? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think, and we've seen it um, getting better and better. Obviously, these grind out wins. What was obviously pleasing for me was the perseverance of the guys. To we know New Zealand are a quality side, hence why they won nine games in a row. But to wear them down and then to just break the game open, and mm. I felt there was that instant. We had that confidence. You know, there's funny moments in games like you know look up the scoreboard and you're going we're all over these guys and you're only up two or four points and yep. fair enough then you're down 10 or there's other moments you're not playing that well and you're you're up four or six and you're like, the gates will open at some point there's going to be a moment there where the game breaks open and that's what we saw it was obviously Jesse he's had one of those games where throughout his career once a year I mean I remember last year in Sydney I think he hit six threes in the fourth yep. quarter yep. and that, he just stood up and that's pretty good to see I mean, obviously, people will say and remark that Bryce didn't wasn't as effective, only hit scoring seven points. But what you're seeing now is obviously the attention that he's garnering is um, freeing up a guy like Jesse or freeing up, you know, Waxy or Clint or all these, mm-hmm. you know, perimeter threats. Um, and so, for you know, you saw Jesse four threes in a row, and we just kept feeding him, and and, and obviously that was really good. And defensively, we're really on point at the moment, and that's a really um, in terms of confidence, that's huge for us because what we've seen when we've won a championship or been really well you know, in terms of getting wins as defensive has been the backbone. Yep. And usually, generally, with a newer group, that will come towards the back end of the season. What we're seeing now is we're wearing teams down and guys now, and obviously we saw when we lost to New Zealand two times in a row, we were getting smashed in the middle on ball, uh, offensive boards were... Uh, um, yeah, not not a good thing, and we've completely done a three sixty or one eighty, whatever you say, uh, to turn around, and that's been a real potent piece of our um, of our games. Absolutely. Now down the stretch against New Zealand, we saw you guys go with a, a small ball yep. lineup, which we'd seen at times this year, um, and Angus Brandt was continuing just to to battle a little bit against a very much taller Alex Pledger, um, or not much taller, but he's a, a big man mountain. Um, going with that sort of small ball lineup, obviously Jesse Wagstaff, as you said, got open for some threes. Mm. How how much of a different look does that give you guys when you have Lucas Walker playing at the centre position and, and giving you the versatility to spread the floor, switch on defence? What, what does that look do for you guys? Yeah, it's dynamic, that's for sure. And I think... Um what I think it, we can really exploit oppositions when you're in the lead with those because they're going to start chasing, you know, try and get you know, the odd um, deflection and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Plus, on the back end, they're trying to score quick points. They're not getting in the post. They're yep. trying to, you know, maybe get a couple more, get their shooters better looks. So if, when you're up, we, we definitely can take advantage of that because then, on the other hand, you've got Pledger guarding Lucas Walker, who that's a tough battle. There's four men that struggle, three men that struggle to guard Wax mm-hmm. in the perimeter. So for that, when I think we're in the lead, that's a really dynamic group and will be really effective come the, the end. On the other side, I'm not sure how it'll work when you're sort of chasing because then now they're trying to slow it down. They'll get it inside. But, you know, that's the, the beauty of our group, the versatility. I think JP, myself, we all play... Uh, JP could play one to four. You know he can handle the ball well, and we'll, and and I've had to play four man as well in, in in those instances. But 
the versatility of the group to be able to whatever I guess position you're on the court to be able to guard and be interchangeable um, on both offense and defense will is is a huge benefit for us and a huge plus and and we saw that you know that was we just exploited them to I guess our strengths and that, and that's really good yeah we've seen the Golden State Warriors sort of transform basketball a bit over the past few years with that death lineup yeah, sure. the the small ball lineup uh, be interesting to see if you guys sort of go the same way if, if this small ball lineup continues to do well down the stretch. Now, Wags, you mentioned those four threes in the last quarter. Not much of a celebration. A little bit like yourself when you hit those three straight yep. against Melbourne. What do we have to do to get some sort of celebration from a guy who, in Jesse Wagstaff, hit four threes in the space of three and a half minutes? Can we just get a little fist pump or well, just I mean, anything? If you go into the clips, and this is why I absolutely love Wags. I mean, he hit four threes at crucial times, but when you do see fist pumps, he takes a charge, and I think he got a really good rebound and maybe a loose ball possession. Okay, and those moments where sort of. They're like, oh, it's not too bad, but like that's what means a lot more to yeah. him, and and I love that with Jesse. I mean, he's so, I mean, throughout his whole career, you could arguably say he could slot into the starting five, but or irrespective of where he wherever he plays, whether he's coming off the bench, starting five, whatever, you know what you're going to get with him, mm-hmm. and that's because he's so level-headed. He doesn't get down on himself. I mean, I've seen sometimes, you know, um, even at, at training, like he hasn't shot really well, but you know, then he'll shoot just with the utmost confidence and that's the ultimate shooter um, he has a complete b- belief in his in his abilities and that's what you want as a professional athlete so for him to really have that it's a reward for his hard work and to, to do that but yeah you're not getting too much from Wags he's a bit of a closed book he's a bit of a weirdo as well and I'm not okay. going so. So, so even behind the scenes because with the media and everything yeah. he's very very humble <laughs> oh, I just hit a couple of shots yeah. you know the guys do really well behind closed doors Nothing. is there anything Nothing. just you know cooling off the hand after the game or no? No there's there's no banter with him at all and even like yeah he'll deflect I mean the guy's got seven degrees yeah. um, and not just like any sort of TAFE degree no disrespect to people that are studying at Central TAFE but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he's got me. MBAs engineering like it's ridiculous the amount of degrees he's got and he just yeah he's just happy enough so he is one of the more unique characters in our team. Like, I mean, I love him because he loves dad jokes. But, I mean, for a guy that loves gardening, has degrees, he's the ultimate sort of just I'm not sure he should even be a professional athlete. Mm. 44 hairstyles that have been really horrible <laughs> um, in his time. But he's a critical part of our team, that's for sure. Last one on the New Zealand game. You guys got there on the Tuesday. Yep. And the game was on the Friday. Friday night. How much did that help having the early arrival, getting accustomed to life over there? Did that play a part in I think your it, performance? Much to my wife's disgust, and <laughs> obviously us being away for a huge part of the time, a, a, a while, um, I think it definitely helped for sure. Not only because of the Boomers guys, we were able to have an extra training session, which definitely helped just to you know, get around. But you go in, the time zone is definitely plays a part. And mm. what we saw generally is, you know, we were gung-ho that third and fourth. Like I just saw a different sort of energy. I guess we just were like, yeah, it were bought into it a little bit. So, um, yeah, look, it definitely plays a part. We just sort of, we just revert everything. Plus that time away with the group. I mean, I love these guys and just to be able to, you know, I haven't seen a movie in about eight months. I don't even know what cinema is and we're able to go out, watch a movie, um, hang 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 around with each other quite a bit. So definitely helps and, and I think it will also, what you'll see is we'll be able to, I guess, manufacture obviously some success because of that road trip and just that sort of that team building stuff, which yeah. is quite organic. Yeah. Um, having a, a little bit of a look around the league, there were some really good games um, at the weekend. One that caught my eye 
was Sydney up against Cairns and the, the Kings fell away late. There yep. was a call late in this one where Tom Garlip yes. um, received his second technical of the game. Bit of a dubious call, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was He was called for flopping. There was a bit of contact uh, at the offensive end. If, I mean, flopping in general is something that has divided fans. We're not sure if the refs are overreacting. We're not sure if the players are overreacting. I mean, from a playing point of view... Do you think the refs are a little bit too quick to call on it or is it a scourge that we need to get out of our game? I mean, where's the sort of balance yeah, in your I, eyes? To be honest, I wasn't really in total agreement of that of that call just mm-hmm. because of the aspect of the game and, and at that moment. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of contentious discussion around two things, the, the flopping and, yep. and um, obviously... The trying to remove that from a team, and it's obviously you know it's not flopping. It's oh, the extension of you know like the, instead of just being a charge, you fling your arms around and really go on. And I think that's what was Tommy's uh, incident, and as well as the the intentional unsportsmanlike fouls on a breakaway now, where you actually have to play. And we're seeing it at the end of games. I think it was against even I think same Sydney Cairns. Uh, Jerome Randall went, he obviously just fouled McCarron on purpose, but he wasn't playing at the ball. Yep. Um, there was no intention to try and steal, but it was a foul, and the refs called an unsportsmanlike foul. Now, game was pretty much done and dusted, but I just sort of think in those instances where it could definitely change the, the game. You don't want to see well, a game decided like yeah, that. Yeah, and look, the flopping, I mean, he got hit. No, there's no. There's definitely, um, I think it was Smith, didn't make contact with him. Now, yes, did it. Did it warrant him throwing his arms back? No, 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 no doubt. But um, it, you know, it wasn't that hard of a, a hit. But in saying that, the play was still going on. It didn't, it didn't affect him. There was no one in the drove, and you know, I don't think it was. He ends up becoming ejected now. If that, you know, they had, I mean, they had some injuries, so he was a critical part of that team and stuff like that. But I just don't agree in that sort of time of the game. I don't think it, him doing all those actions, flinging his arms, actually impacted the game somewhat. But mm. him getting ejected does. And I understand you want to remove that and do it early in the, in the game, but you know, I just, I, I kind of down the stretch, you got to, you got to yeah. let a few of those things go a bit more, don't you? For sure, and because I mean, I, I and you know, you see instances all the time. I guess like um, there's a couple, you know, early in the game, there's sometimes guys over exaggerate sort of contact and stuff like that, and they and they go away for it. But so obviously at a critical part of the game, because it's the eye, you know, it's really magnified. Then you see that, and so yeah, I mean, I'm not really a big fan of that. And I understand it is in the rule book, so he's the referee. Referees obviously entitled to do that, but yep. I guess from a from a player's perspective. Yeah, I'd hate to be in, involved in that and sort of, you know, maybe really be the the, the reason why they maybe get a win or a loss. And while we're on the rules, switching uh, countries, we saw in the NBA late last week, Ben Simmons, who's obviously a young Australian, favourite for Rookie of the Year, going to be some sort of a talent, already is yep. some sort of a talent. Um, he got hacked late in a game against Washington. I think he shot 24 free throws yep. in the last quarter, which became an NBA record for a quarter. Um, Washington deliberately fouling sure. him away from the ball, sent him to the free throw line where he's only a, a 50, mid 50s percent free throw shooter. Um, a lot of people thinking that's not a great look for the game. Do we need rule changes to try and stamp this out? I mean, I'm interested in the player's point of view. My point of view is I'd, I'd, no one really likes it becoming a free throw contest, but maybe you know practice your free throws and that sort of thing doesn't happen yep. is is that the player's yeah. point of view do you guys think there needs to be a rule change in that no. i know it doesn't happen too often in the nbl but no. but and i think because of the the quality of the free throw shooter and i mean that's a smart tactic i mean it's a blight if you don't concentrate on shooting um the free throw look and 
to me, like, and I understand there's your Shaq's and your DeAndre Jordan, and that's, yeah. you know, like they haven't shot, but. I mean, he's a six-six perimeter. Oh, sorry, six-nine, six-ten guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to shoot the free throw well, and yeah, I think concentrate on. Yeah, I, I mean, it, maybe it's ugly look, but I mean, yeah. that's it's tackle. You, you do things for a win, and so yeah, I don't. I'm not against it. I don't think you need to to do something for the game. Um, that's my sort of. You're paid. Uh, mm. <laughs> and very, obviously very in the NBA, yeah. millions of dollars yeah. to shoot a shot—that's a freebie, really. Yeah. You know, and so um, reward yourself, and and yeah, and I guess maybe highlight that like, free throws are a part of the game. And yeah. if you don't, I mean, it's the same as a three-point shooter or a guy that can't shoot. If a guy can't shoot, they're not going to play defense on him. So mm-hmm. you don't just go, oh well. Because this is not a good look. If a guy misses 10 three-pointers and he keeps shooting, well, you don't all of a sudden say, well, I'll let you drive. I mean, you're an athlete. Of you know? course. So of course. It's, uh, it's, you know, punish him. That's yeah, what I was saying. Yeah, for you, sure. had, you have scouts, you know, who are there to feast on opposition exactly. players' weaknesses and if his free throw you know, shooting is a weakness. And it's everywhere. I mean, there's some guys that prefer to go left to right. I mean, yeah. that's that's their weakness and you... You, you got on that f- side. Correct, exactly. Yeah. And if a guy can't shoot free throws and that's a tactical arrangement that you can do... That's for sure. We know there's guys, or you know, there's guys across the league that will have a, sh- a poor shooting percentage um, from the free throw line. And if you if if you know they're going to have a clean look, and you've got a foul that you can use, you're gonna you're gonna definitely use it because at the end of the day, it can be a one point game, and there's no doubt. And even from a percentage standpoint. One point can decide the difference of a of a position on the standings. So for us, that's critical. And so if you know, yep, I can, you know, an easy layup now becomes a contested shot, and he misses it, and he ends up missing two free throws. That's a you've good done foul. your job yeah. exactly. Yeah. How do you guys practice that uh, at training? I've seen before. You know, one guy sort of gets picked out, and, yeah. and everyone gathers around, and then there's uh, some sort of team punishment. I yeah. mean, how how closely can you sort of replicate that pressure free throw well, situation? I think the only way you can truly replicate it is just shooting under fatigue and duress. Yeah. I mean, you can't replicate the crowd going nuts. You yeah. can't replicate the stress of going, okay, could this be a game defining shot? Um, but when you're when you're absolutely gassed at training, the last thing you want to be doing is sitting on, uh, standing on a free throw line. That's the best time to shoot, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get into this weekend's games, uh, your stitching time shoes, obviously, yeah. a, a cause that's very close to your heart. You're going to start seeing across the NBL some very funky and yeah, colourful exciting. shoes and For all sure. the rest of it. Tell everyone about it. Yeah, no, a really excited um, collaboration between the NBLPA um, as well, or the ABA, sorry, the Australian Basketball Association, along with uh, which is the Players Association, along with the NBL and WNBL. So we've got representatives across the league, um, each a player from each team in both the NBL and the WNBL, and they'll don some customized shoes. So we've got a couple of talented uh, WA artists, um, by the name goes by Radham Royce and Hans Bruch, who's handbrake hard, and they're designing shoes. Basically, going to be a little bit personalized, so they have their own little story, yeah. um, you know, where they're from or, you know, anything that sort of nicknames. Even we've got a couple that, uh, well, a player that has a favorite dog is, is on the shoe, the okay. name. So really cool. They'll get auctioned off in support of A Stitch in Time and the programs that we've implemented or will be implementing. Um, 
but the key thing we want to do is be advocates for mental health and the importance of that. And obviously, there's a direct relationship between physical health and mental health. We're in a high-pressure environment, mm-hmm. a lot of stress. How do these players react with those stress, you know, being elite athletes and professionals? Um, so we'll start sharing their stories a little bit as well. And the alarming statistics that are around mental illness, um, they'll also be portrayed in the show. So really exciting, the, the support that I've got from the ABA, from the Wildcats and, and the Lynx, it's been tremendous. Um, so pretty excited to see some of these shoes being across. Um, so yeah, you'll see that next week, starting Thursday, some shoes will be across. Um, and obviously over time, we'll, we'll, we'll go around. So yeah, pretty excited. Fantastic. Something to keep an eye on and obviously to get people talking for sure about a very uh, important cause. Um, having a quick look at this weekend's doubleheader, a tough one for you guys, hosting Definitely. Adelaide on Friday and then backing up again in Illawarra on Sunday. It's your first look at Adelaide this season. Obviously, an up-tempo team. They've changed a fair yep. bit since last season with Randall going out. They've got Josh Childress in. Um, Mitch Creek is balling out. I mean, how, how have you sort of seen them and, and what kind of challenges yeah, do they Yeah, youthful, represent? exuberant, and enthusiastic bunch of, of players that are, are super talented. I mean, Mitch Creek, I think, is shooting above 70% from mm. the field. I think they're stunning. They'll, they'll click. I think Josh Childress is only going to get better and better each week. Um, they're, they're definitely a potent lineup. And so for us, I mean, they... You could say got out of jail against Brisbane, think down double digits heading into the fourth and then got a great you know, gut-wrenching win, which will obviously build their confidence. And they've had success. I mean, they beat us last year on our home court. So they kind of come in plenty of um, you know gusto. And, yeah, it's up-tempo. We really need to control that tempo for them because they want to get up and down. They'll let you shoot shots early in the shot clock and then try and you know score on the other end. So for us, we really need to maintain that standard. And um, Yeah, really, I mean, Mitch Creek's playing. I think he arguably is top two or three three-men in the league. So mm-hmm. he's going to be yep. a, a huge piece of trying to null avoid that team. And, and then obviously back home against Illawarra. And whether, I think we're the first game that they played and they play the next seven at home. So yep. they've had a horrid schedule. Yep. Um, I know they're pumped to get back at home and they've got a really, I mean, that crowd, they get on the end and they're passionate. So for us, we really, if we want to continue building, we've got four games until the Chrissy break. And, you know, we've obviously had a little bit of separation with the group and but you can see that you drop two, you're back in within that mix. So for us, if we can, you know, continue getting, get this next four games, which would be huge, that could really set us up for the back end of the year, which would be nice. So, yeah, huge um, game. Obviously, nice to be back at home. I'm, I'm expecting a sellout or near close to. So, um, now be exciting times, that's for sure. Now, Josh Childress, as we said, uh, nothing phases Jesse Wagstar, <laughs> but we don't obviously don't need to remind too many people about the Mortal Kombat like hit. Um, that Josh Childress put Orton, on TKO, whatever, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on Jesse Wagstaff a few years ago when he was playing for Sydney. So yep. Jesse won't be phased by that, so nah. I won't bother asking about that. What I will ask is the newer guys on the team, your JPs, yep. your Derek Cook Juniors, your Bryce Cottons, do you guys let them know that, hey, this is Josh Childress and this is a little bit of history well, he's had at Perth Arena? Have you indoctrinated no, they, them this they week? know because we were talking about, like, you know, oh, Josh Childress is in and, and it always comes up every single time. Yep. Like, Wow, like that was such an like impressive effort there. Like, I, like I've never seen obviously in a game, mm-hmm. and I was like, because I always joke around because Jesse was more pumped about. Well, as soon as he got up, irrespective of what happened, he was like, "Oh, did it count?" Like he was made sure that he had hit the shot. So <laughs> yep. that was all he was cautioning the ref. Oh, it was counted yep. right. Fundamentals. Yep. JP was like, "That was you." Like I didn't realize because he he was like that went viral. So while yeah, he that, was that went global. <laughs> yeah. So when he he had seen that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about the Wildcats at the time. Like, I mean, that was three years ago. So he just got drafted and saw that. And he was like, 
I remember that incident and was like, that was crazy. And then now obviously looks at it and goes, wow, that was actually you. <laughs> so um, it's bizarre. I mean, like even that, Jesse, used to get, he, was, he still gets messages from collegiate teammates that he played with seven years ago saying like, I just saw a really weird video <laughs> clip. So um, nah, it's always fun times retelling that story. That's for sure. Fantastic. Looking forward to the latest chapter in that rivalry. Um, time for a quick fan question before we start to wrap things up. This one's from Benjamin, my kids won a basketball game for Christmas for their PlayStation. Yes. What's your favourite basketball console game and do any of the Wildcats guys get together and play each other? Now, I know this was sort of the domain of the imports, yep. certainly in previous seasons. Yes. Is that kind of it NBA stays, 2K I mean, 2K, I mean, I, I play 2K, but mate, if I'm playing for whatever console, my son's pressing every single button. So unfortunately, <laughs> my video game days are over. Just mashing the yes, keypad. Exactly you right. guys like, are twirling around. Yeah, yeah. there is yeah. Not, none, none of that happening. Okay. Um, but the import's are all about it. I mean, they talk about it every single day. And the, I know they're actually more of a FIFA fan. Like at JP. Okay. JP's because of the JP yes, soccer correct. influence. So yep. they go, they have their battles, but they're all 2K. I mean, I don't think, I didn't even know NBA Live. I remember back in the day, yep. we were just joking around about it the other day. Um, you know, when you first started NBA Jam and, you know, obviously NBA Live and you do these fantasy drafts. Um, but we were actually, uh, Adam Ford, our assistant coach, has just bought a retro console and it has NBA Jam. And he was, so we're actually having an NBA Jam tournament um, coming in. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely tell you how it goes because everyone can play NBA Jam. Yes. Like it's, you know, it's two buttons yes. um, with a D pad. Like yes. Everyone can do it. So, um, the coach is going to get involved, the imports, I mean, some of them. And this is what I lo- like to talk about. You you know, I'll be talking about Chris Webber and Mitch Richmond. And yeah. then there's a guy like Mason Bragg that's like, who? Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, mate, these young fellas, they're all about Kobe Bryant, you know, LeBron, Kevin Durant, like yeah. all these guys. <laughs> so it'll be good to sort of get a little bit of perspective and some history into these young guys. You know, like your Ronnie Cycles, your yeah, Dental Shrimp, yeah, Chris yeah. Mullen. These like, are some great names. Oh, mate, like guys. So I'm, ex- I'm pumped. NBA Jam, that's for sure. And and, and get some stories from that. that. That'll be fun. The phrases, he's on fire and boom shakalaka <laughs> oh, will be uttered the numerous mo- times. The most oh, the upsetting thing ever when it's a tied ball game or you're down by one yep. and you go, there's like a second left and you go to shoot a shot and... <laughs> Your guy does eight flips and time has expired or the ball is still in the ring yep. and you know it's in yep. and because NBA Jan doesn't care about the clock, like 2K, you can shoot yep. whatever yep. and it runs out and there's been some, you know, terrors on that one. But, you know, or you go, oh, I'm not going to dunk it so I'll do like a pull-up jumper. You never make pull-up jumpers in NBA Jam. It's always threes or dunks. Yeah, it's not That's much of a mid-range game. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just bad clock awareness, isn't it? You've got time for four or five flips, <laughs> oh, but not eight flips. No, no, that's for sure. Um, crystal ball time before we get out of here. As we yep. mentioned earlier, you nailed yours. You yep. put the heat on the Wildcats again to get a win in New Zealand. They did just that. Um, I was pretty happy with mine as well. Said that Lucas Walker was going to continue his good form. He had yep. another double-double to back up from his Melbourne one. So he's just in all sorts of form at the moment. As far as this week goes, uh, the Hawks for that second game... I really like something that caught my eye uh, this Monday just gone. Cody Ellis, who's had a yep. really, really tough time this season, of course, son of Mike Ellis, the Wildcats legend, uh, hasn't been able to get on the court, and that's not an exaggeration, 
for Illawarra despite them struggling through the early part of the season. They had a few injuries uh, in this week just gone by and Cody played half a game, dropped 14 points. It was yeah, terrific to him. see him out there. For sure. Hopefully, I'm predicting, that will lead to him working his way back into that rotation for the Hawks. Perfect. My crystal the ball and I'm going to go with it. And it's going to be centred around the big centre, Angus Brandt. Okay. I think he's going to have a superb weekend. He's trained the absolute house down. Um, reverted back to, I guess, just a more familiar style of him just to be an absolute beast and be selfish because that's what we want him mm-hmm. to be. So I'm seeing, and hopefully I obviously don't numbers, but I think you'll see a pretty big weekend from him as well. Him going against Matt Hodgson, who's a boomer's centre as well. I think yep. he'll you know, get a little bit of gusto around him. Um, so I'm expecting big things from Angus Grant this weekend, that's for sure. Keep an eye out for the big Gus bus. That's all the time we have on the podcast this week. Greg, thanks for your company and best Thank of luck you. for the double this weekend. Appreciate it, Robbo. And uh, to our readers, stay tuned to Perth Now and the West for all your latest sports news. We'll catch you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.